major projection, not just a projection, but a major projection right now. CNN projects that Joe Biden will win the state of Michigan, a huge win, 16 electoral votes. Biden wins uh, Michigan. That brings his number. Look at this. Now Biden has 253 electoral votes. Trump has 213. You need 270 uh, to win the presidency. Biden now has 253. Let's go over to John King at the Magic Wall. No, no, fake news. CNN is fake news. I project, I, Donald J. Trump, project that I won Michigan and Ara loves me. Detroit doesn't matter. The blacks are cheating. I filed a lawsuit. You'll hear about it. Well, Mr. President, uh, what a surprise. We didn't expect you to join us. What evidence, if any, do you have to support your position? I don't need evidence. Evidence, schmevidence. It doesn't matter. I've won. I've projected it. Therefore, it is. What we need to do is stop counting. If we would just stop counting, then I wouldn't be losing any of the vote. Stop counting, particularly stop counting the areas where black people were voting early or mailing in ballots. Let's just call it a wash. My margins are so great in those areas anyway that there's really no reason to count. It's only an abuse and an affront to the system that we are trying to preserve. We already know that the system is taking ballots after the hour. We know people are still able to vote today, even though they weren't supposed to be able to vote after yesterday. Let's just uh, deal with what we have in the margins that suggest I'm winning, make me president, and we can make all of this go away. Sleepy Joe cannot be president because I am president because I am great. What's going on, everybody? As always, it's your boy, Jesse McCoy, and I am here welcoming you to another episode of the Brothers-in-Law Podcast, episode 58. We are on the verge of an amazing, amazing uh, outcome or apocalypse, just depending on which way that you look at it. Uh, as always, I'm joined by the world's foremost leading legal humorist, Sean Carter. How are you doing, man? I am Arizona Leo's. Let's be absolutely clear. clear. <laughs> we held yeah. down our part of the bargain. It looks like we have, although we have to figure out if, if anybody but Fox will agree with us. But but so far, <laughs> and by the way, we're, we're recording this uh, Wednesday evening after the election. So we still have some things up in the air. But as right. of now, it looks pretty clear. It looks pretty good for Arizona to not only, um, you know, vote for uh, Trump and, and, and get those electoral votes uh, to, I'm sorry, vote for Biden and get those mm -hmm. electoral votes to Biden. Um, but also, um, it looks like, and that's 11, but also we looks like we have two Democratic senators now out of Arizona. Mm -mm -mm. It must be nice. <laughs> it, it, it is that we still got all the stupid on the state level, you know, Republican governor and all that. All right. So it's still bad here and we're all going to die of coronavirus. But in the meantime, um, you know, at least the federal government will be taken care of uh, for a little while. Now, on the other hand, uh, North Carolina, you want to explain that, Jesse? Uh, I don't know if there is an explanation for that. Uh, so North Carolina historically is a very schizophrenic vote. Uh, usually we do the opposite of what we do. For the federal system. So if we go Republican, <laughs> we go Democrat for a state government. If we go Democrat on the federal system, we go Republican for right. state government. This year was a bloodbath. Um, so the federal race, the presidential race, at least, can't call it yet because right. we also have this thing where people can mail in ballots. 
And as long as the ballot is received before November the 12th, wow. it still counts. So you're not going to hear our results for a good week and some change. Wow. Uh, on, on top of that, we had a very contentious uh, Senate race between Tom Tillis and uh, Cal. I got a second wife, but I'm going to call her my side piece, Cunningham. <laughs> so, really? Um, so, yeah, so that that uh, is is uh, a factor in whether or not the Democrats regain the balance of power. Um, lastly, we did do the right thing and reinstate, uh, reelect Roy Cooper as our governor. Very progressive, very Democratic. Not really sure how that fits into any of the other stuff we did on the ballot. <laughs> but, but I won't be mad. I'll take my blessings where I can get them. Um, so. North Carolina, uh, one of the things that we've been called this week is a battleground state, which is very odd because I haven't heard us called a battleground state since the Civil War when they were fighting battles here. Um, so I don't know where this where this is coming from. Um, I don't know what happened. You know, North Carolina, <clears throat> the other thing is North Carolina has this really weird concept where we have colleges in almost every major city and every major city in North Carolina is popping. That's where people want to be. You want to be in Charlotte. You want to be in Raleigh. You want to be in Durham. Right. Um, those places are all blue. And I, when I say blue, Durham County, my home county, we're talking 82% for Biden and like 17% with a 17% margin of error. Like this is um, you know, it, it's just not going to happen. In, in Mecklenburg, a little bit closer because you're getting closer to South Carolina. All Wake right. County, Durham County, Orange County, always going to hold Democrat Party down. But now we even had it out in Guilford County and Forsyth County, which Forsyth is usually Republican. So we we are expanding our reach. And it's funny that's all coming up around colleges. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, but yet the racism in the rest of the state is very powerful. And the, the racism in the rest of the state has decided that they are pro-Trump. So. Uh, we will find out hopefully in a week where this pans out. I'm hoping that after tonight, it won't matter. I'm hoping it'll be irrelevant. And all we'll need to do is see if we can help restore the balance of power in the Senate. All right, fair well, you know, And it looks like that the Dems are going to come up at least one um, seat short, luckily maybe even two seats short in the Senate. Um, it looks like the Republicans at this point have 51. Um, there'll be a couple of runoffs, um, but it's not looking good for, for re- re- recapturing the, the Senate. Um, so th- that's going to be, I think, I think off, off, off the door. Now, we haven't even talked about the full presidential race. Right now, as we mm-hmm. hear, we have a stand. Biden sits at 264 electoral votes, Trump at 214. Biden uh, is needs... Um, Nevada. Nevada gets him six electoral college votes, takes him to mm-hmm. 270. And right now he's up by 8,000 votes with with 25% of the voting still to go. So it's a lot of votes still out there. Like 300,000, 8,000 8, is not the lead. And for some reason, Nevada decided that, you know what, they didn't want to work on Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, um, it's interesting. Well, I, I want to talk a little bit about this. So Depending on what media outlet you're watching, uh, CNN has it at 253-213 Biden. And the reason for the difference is, for some reason, CNN doesn't count Arizona, unlike everyone else. So Arizona carries their 11 electoral votes. Uh, That's the difference. The other thing is, it's very funny to me that 
last night, you know, a lot of Democrats, particularly black Democrats, were feeling some type of way when they went to bed. It looked like we were getting shellacked. The whole country looked red. And Joe Biden came out. And in his great leadership, he told us, (laughs) R-E-L-A-X. Relax. Right? It's more votes to count. So I started looking to see, well, you know, where are these votes going to come from? And I'm seeing cities like Milwaukee. I'm seeing Detroit. I'm seeing Philadelphia. I'm seeing Atlanta. And I started thinking to myself, huh, that's where all the black people live. (laughs) That's why he's telling us to relax. And sure enough, today, lo and behold, those votes are getting counted. These are the same votes that Donald Trump in his uh, victory speech prematurely last night said for us not to count. Right. (laughs) I don't want you counting Atlanta. Right. So um, those votes are being counted right now, as they should be. Um, and the the deficits, I mean, first of all, Wisconsin and Michigan just completely flipped. Absolutely. Now they're Biden. So we've got that. Um, Donald Trump now is struggling because he has to hold on to Pennsylvania, North Carolina, Georgia, which he probably will. But he also now has to get an additional state. And he is raising hell about Arizona and Georgia as we speak. I'm talking about he filed lawsuits. He had people watching the polls. He's got everything going on. He knows it's it's coming to an end. Um, and meanwhile, you know, Joe is cool as a cucumber. He's just like, you know, let all the votes get counted. In the meantime, <laughs> I'm going to be a president for everybody. <laughs> now, you know, now let's talk about this because here's a challenge we have. You know, normally by now, by the way, one p- person is called the other. And says, you know, sorry, you know, you've won. Here's all the stuff, right? right, right. We know that under no circumstance will Trump ever do that. Not, Absolutely. All right. For, I don't care if it's January 19th, he'll still be saying he won, right? Right. The, so what is it, what are his chances of sort of getting this overturned? And there are a couple of, of, of avenues to go. Like you said, you know, right now he needs to win Georgia. Um, he's mm-hmm. up in Georgia by about 35,000 votes and there are 150,000 votes to go. So if Biden can take, you know, 65% or so of the remaining votes, he wins Georgia. But assuming that Trump mm-hmm. wins Georgia, he looks good in North Carolina. He looks pretty good in Pennsylvania, although we'll see. But, you know, he's got a lead in those, in those places. But if he can mm-hmm. keep those, he then um, is at 268 votes, uh, or, or, or sorry, electoral votes versus, versus Biden's 270. So mm-hmm. Biden is the winner. Obviously, Trump is going to think of ways to try to uh, negate, say, Nevada. He's already filed he's filing lawsuits in most of these states. And what he's right. saying is you can't count the absentee ballots that come in after the date of the election because those are no good. But all the state laws say, of course, we can. Right? <laughs> right. And here's the thing that's amazing is, is that it's always been this way. What is amazing to me and what bothers me a little bit is all of the lawsuits that we've seen so far are about Republicans trying to restrict votes and Democrats never do that. And that's not good. Mm, you can't be always on defense, right? You need to be punching them in the mouth every once in a while, trying to get some of their votes not to count so that, for instance, Texas, trying to get you know some of their related votes to count, not to count whatever, so that simply you keep the other side honest. See, they mm. can go to court and make any kind of ridiculous argument because they know the Dems are never going to hold that against them. But if they made mm-hmm. a vote is okay, no votes that received after the election can count. And by the way, in, in a state like Georgia or North Carolina or even Montana, there are a lot of w- late votes that come in for Republicans, right? right? 
they'll be more afraid to make that argument if they know the Dems will make it against them in another state. Mm-hmm. But as long as the Dems are never going to try to challenge any Republican votes, you think about it, it's like being in a boxing match, but you don't ever throw punches. Right. What would stop the other side from continually pummeling? You, you're going to lose eventually. They're going to hit you eventually. Right. And right. so hopefully right. at some point we'll figure out that you've got to play some offense here and make it harder for the Republicans to constantly go at you. Now, let's assume, though, that Trump doesn't win any of these challenges, that Biden can hold on to this. And by the way, let's be clear about the, the Nevada lead. The Nevada lead is 8,000 votes, and there are about mm-hmm. 300,000 votes to go. All right, so it's razor thin. And Biden absolutely needs Nevada. If he loses Nevada and, and the other states, he can't get there. Right. So, but let's say Biden gets there. He's at 270 um, to 268. What do you think, you know, do you think any Trump has any sort of strategy from there? Um, well, I think that he's already implemented part of it. So right. I think part of it are the lawsuits that he's filing. I definitely think that if he is able to get any kind of uh, like injunctive relief, I, my fear with this is Bush Gore. That is my fear. Right, right, right. If this goes to the Supreme Court, not, not to mention the Supreme Court that he now has three friendly justices on because he put them there. There you go. Um, I I fear what the outcome would be. Um, but I I'm I'm hopeful, and I'll tell you why I'm hopeful. I was watching okay. last night. And I was specifically focused on Texas. Now, Texas has been Republican for as long as I've been alive. Right. right. And with, with Texas, I've always thought if you're a Republican president, this is your this is the Republican version of California. Right. It's, it's no Democrat really is going to have a chance in right. Texas, because the first thing they see when you get off the plane is you're coming to take guns away and they're just not going to deal with that. Right. Like, okay. So it's Texas. Right. Leave us alone. All you have to do for Texas is leave them alone and don't mess with their guns and you're going to get the vote. Texas, damn near split between Democrat and Republican. The the, the winning percentages, Trump got 52.2%. Biden got 46.3% of a Texas vote. So my thing is, if Texas doesn't rock with the Republican president, then something Trump did has gone horribly wrong. I think you also see that's kind of the plan in Georgia as well. Trump's whole game plan is wait till the last minute, run out to the rural areas, rile up everybody, tell them a whole bunch of stuff that makes it cool to be racist, and then have them go intimidate people on the day of the election. What Trump didn't really do a good job factoring in is that most Democrats vote early or vote by mail. So now what's biting him is, yeah, he won election day. He won that. But now all those votes are coming in that people did when they exercised early voting or mail-in voting. And he did not prepare for that at all. So um, that's why it's not uncommon, even for like the Fulton County area. I think they said the breakdown was that out of the votes that they were now counting, it's like 76 percent Biden. Because mm-hmm. Democrats did a great job going out and telling black people, hey, look, you know, you can vote early, blah, blah, blah. And black people told other black people, look, you don't want to be at the polls when these races come out <laughs> on election day. Nah, you don't want to do that. Go ahead and vote now. Um, and so that's what happened. And I think we're seeing this all throughout. We're also seeing a shift, in my opinion, of demographics. So one thing is, and we don't get enough credit, so I'm going to give us credit. 
black people, you're beautiful, you're intelligent, you're amazing. Black people have saved this world, potentially, if Biden wins. We saved this world. Milwaukee, Detroit, Philadelphia, Atlanta. You saved the world, right? Right. (laughs) So I want to give credit there. Arizona, I want to give y'all credit. Nobody, nobody, nobody was talking about Arizona as a democratic state. Right. Nobody. Um, and, and there was this cool parallel they talked about on the news tonight about how this could be Cindy McCain's get back because she was pissed with, with Donald Trump. And she did the commercials about how she's supporting Biden. And I think it was like a long commercial, too, about how she's supporting Biden. And I'm sure she put her resources out here to try to make sure people went Biden. But y'all just I mean, not only did y'all lean towards Biden, but y'all got the astronaut getting ready to go to Washington Y'all, y'all got weed legalized. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, this is just a whole new place. Oh my! So I'm on. I'm I'm listening to talk radio for the first time in forever on the way mm-hmm. into the office this morning. And unfortunately, I only got like a six mile commute, so I don't get to listen to a lot of it. But but mm-hmm. but I'm listening to it, and it's absolutely amazing. Couple things: one, these people are mad that the California influence has gotten them. Right, and they're like, look, all you came to California to get these cheap houses, and now you're gonna take your liberal ways, and now next thing you know, right, we're gonna have you know pet rocks and and and, and disco, and <laughs> y'all that you know just all messed it all up. So they're kind of a little bit mad about that. Okay. Also, you know, the thing that that's, that's interesting about the Arizona demographic is that it's a weird demographic for this reason: we have a lot of seniors, a lot of old people, and you would okay. think that that would correlate to Which a one? lot of you know Republican votes, but Right. All most of like half of our old people don't live in Arizona all the time. They're snowbirds. Mm-hmm. They come here in the winter or whatever, but they're they they're their regular home is Idaho, right? Mm-hmm. Um you know, Montana, all, all of those, you know, western northern states. So they don't vote here. Mm-hmm. And as a result, even though we have a lot of people, you know, here as residents and own homes here, et cetera, really, you know, the voting age is getting younger and younger. Um and so you know, maybe I'm hoping I'm holding out some hope now, I guess, for Texas and the rest, because this didn't happen over one election. You know, remember that every year Obama could win or Arizona and he get closer and he get closer. And last time Hillary came within like two points. So it's a progression. Mm-hmm. So maybe, um, you know, I, I'm like, and I, I mean, you people in North Carolina, I'm giving up on you and, and Georgia, too. You always <laughs> every year I'm here in Georgia and then play. Now, North Carolina is in play. Um, but I think Texas might just be able to do it. Because uh, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of Texans, and we can keep get get more of our Latino brothers and sisters on the right side. Yeah, uh, yes. dominate this. Um, and you know, don't get me wrong. You know, there's about it's about a two third to one third split for Democrats, but it probably should be a little higher. You know, if we're eighty. What, what were we in this election? Eighty-seven, twelve, or something crazy. Mm-hmm. And remember, we dropped. In, in this election as a percentage basis, I just did the math and, and posted it up on Facebook to explain to people that even though we dropped as a percentage and, you know, we had um, greater percentage of people supporting Trump, like 12 percent, we right. still actually provided more net votes to the Democrats this year because of higher turnout. Absolutely. So don't, don't give it to us. We did our part and then extra and then in areas like you just mentioned, Milwaukee, Detroit, right, Atlanta, we went oh, above and beyond. Right, the Call you know, there, there's some bougie Negroes, you know, in California who voted for Trump, but they don't count, right? Uh, you know, <laughs> when we talk about, you know, where where it really mattered, you know, black people stepped up, and I bet you those percentages are going to be well over ninety for for, for Biden. 
Hey, I believe it. And and I also want to say this too. I think it might be we might be overdue for a reclassification of what exactly it means to be Latino because we are noticing with with the Florida vote, which is heavily influenced, you know, Cuban vote, um, they don't vote in the same way that Latinos in Texas, New Mexico, Arizona vote. I think a large part of that is because it's a different kind of Latino, right? Is Cuban might not look at America the same way that someone Mexican may look at America. I think Cubans also have a lot of loyalty to the Republican Party because of Reagan and the history with um, uh, asylum from Cuba and all of that stuff. And of course, Trump played on those fears. He ran ads in South Florida that attacked Joe Biden and called him basically the second coming of, of Castro. <laughs> Right. Uh, and so people voted accordingly. Right. As opposed to in the Western states where people have been seeing their cousins and friends hauled off and sent back to Mexico and to other parts abroad um, and probably felt some kind of way about that. So You're right. I think we it might be time to expand kind of what our definitions on what exactly does it mean in America to be Latino? Well, also, and exactly, and we do it wrong for this reason. We do it by country. Right. Not by nationality. And that would be like saying, for instance, that everyone who comes from, you know, from 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 Britain, for instance, um, you know, would be a Republican. And maybe many of them would. But if you were black from Britain, you might actually vote right with black folks here in America. And so, mm-hmm. so when we look at, for instance, people from Mexico, there are white Mexicans. Right. Why? Who have the same interests as white people here. Right. They, you know, it's not like Mexico doesn't have its same issue with regard to colorism and darker Latinos versus lighter. Absolutely. It's like, you know, the idea that we think of them as, oh, well, they're all, you know, feeling they're all going to feel like they're disadvantaged minorities. No. Mm -hmm. Some of them are going to feel like, you know, just like our white people feel because they are. Mm hmm. Yep. And and I do want to give a shout out to the most consistent voting block we have seen over the course of two elections. Uh, consistently stabbing you in the back. White women. Uh, <laughs> y'all love y'all some Trump, apparently. Uh, it just didn't change. I think they were the only demographic that, that increased. Like, even the white men were were split this time. But white well, women... The thing that blows me away, right? Exactly. And they don't get me wrong. White men still voted for Trump at a higher percentage, right? right. But their percentage came down, right, Absolutely. from where it was in 2016. And, you know, so white men are still, you know, the worst in that regard. All right. But, you know, they're definitely making ground when white women went the other way. And here's the thing is, is that just like with with the Latinos and everybody else, uh, all white women are the same. And and you and I get fooled because, you know, a lot of our circle and traffic is liberal, educated. Right. You know, you're on on, on a law from campus. I'm dealing with lawyers all the time. These are very educated people with a different sensibility than, you know, Becky Sue in the trailer park. Right. And we 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 them all together like, oh, yeah, you know, you ain't even got to get, get your stuff together. And, and, and they're like, you know, I'm not like that chick. Right. <laughs> oh, no, I'm, I'm going to start having people show me the ballot because I think some of these people are telling me one. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a lot of we got going on. Somebody told me that they were one thing and they went in the booth and were like, nah, I was just playing. 
<laughs> there, there might be some of that too. Although I don't get why you would just, you know, not, you know, why, why lie to me? You know, you don't, you don't lie right. to me. But, but you know, but I guess you know, you, you know, they want to get to the cookout somehow. And by the way, let's be clear: there is no cookout, and you're not coming. All right, so don't even lie about that. All right, it's, it's <laughs> I can't even get to the cookout. All right, there's no cookout. <laughs> now, 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 that said, you know, I'm worried. Here's the two concerns I have about Trump. One. That his followers. So, for instance, right now we're already starting to have it. Where in in, in where's in, in in Detroit, you got a bunch of members in Michigan. They don't, they, they don't come to a protest without without an AK forty seven, right? <laughs> right, right. Or without an AR fifteen. AR fifteen for them is is, is is like you know it's like a, it's like a forty five, right? It's like you know, right? Uh, right. And, and, and they're gonna come. So they're gonna come. They're already now. This is what they had to do in Detroit. They had to board up. And black out the windows and completely sort of isolate the vote counters um, because they were getting, you know, people shouting through the windows and afraid they're going to start shooting through the windows. I don't know how else people get home tonight. I hope they get them escorts. Um, but, you know, I could see some political violence. I could see some violence breaking out and some intimidation, right, on the, on the Trump side. Um, mm-hmm. Michigan, maybe Pennsylvania um, and Nevada. And then the other thing is the concept of the faithless electors. As we all know, the vote, you and I did not vote for the president. We voted for an elector who will then take mm-hmm. our vote to D.C. And, and, and put it forward. And it goes by state. So all the people in, in, in all, the, all the 11 electors that, that are chosen out of Arizona will go and they're pledged to vote for, vote for Biden. Mm-hmm. Now, it's a pledge. There's something called a faithless elector where every year some electors decide, I know I promise, but I'm not voting for this fool. Okay, so in, in, in 2016, Trump won Texas. And two of the electors who were chosen by the Republican Party said, I'm not voting for Trump's crazy ass. Right? Mm-hmm. One of them voted for, um, or do I think it's Ted Cruz. The other voted for, I'm not, not Ted Cruz. Um, who's the, uh, Kasich. One voted for Kasich and one voted for, believe it or not, Ron Paul. Mm-hmm. And the question is, if it's 270 to 268 and Trump only needs to swing two faithless electors, can he do it? And and by swing, we we mean bribe. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Yeah, that's that's going to be the answer. The two things, I guess. One, you could try to come out with some Hunter Biden, you know, and Joe Biden have been, you know, you know, looking at kitty porn together, right? You tried that kind of thing. <laughs> or you could try the idea that says that okay, um, you know, it wasn't fair. We lost this. Or like you said, the bribe. Right. And, and here's the thing about it's interesting is I imagine that that is a, against the law. Um, mm-hmm. But I also know that you don't have to just bribe people with money. Remember, you have Democratic, you have high level Republican people there who could bribe someone with a job, mm-hmm. a, a car loan, a house loan. You know, you don't have to simply hand someone a briefcase full of money. Right. For mm-hmm. a bribe. And, and, and remember, it's one thing in the past where, you know, Trump had almost 300 electoral votes. Hillary would have needed to bribe like 35 people, right, to get the, 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 you know, that's, that's, that's ridiculous. If you have 35 faithless electors, people will get a little confused, right, a little concerned. Right. But, but every election, there's two or three fools. And the question is, can <laughs> two or three fools this time? I mean, literally, last time there were people in Washington who, when they went, three electors, who, when they went to vote for Hillary, as they were supposed to, decided they weren't going to vote for Hillary. Mm. One voted for Bernie, one voted for, um, three voted for Colin Powell, right? It's, it's like there's always some jackass who decides they're going to change. 
And it's happened, I looked at the numbers here, like 93 times over the years. So it's not like something that never happens. Mm. It's mm-hmm. one thing you need to do it, you know, with a whole bunch of votes, you don't think it's possible. But if you only need two to flip, I would be concerned about that. I'd be looking at that very carefully. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, I mean, as if black people needed something else to be nervous about with this election. Uh, it's It's been, blood pressure is high. Um Blood pressure is very high. Well, no, but, let me ask you this, though. I, like, last night when I went to bed, I was really feeling like, you know, like, God damn, this is ridiculous, right? And mm-hmm. it's not any, like, a lot less ridiculous today. You know, Biden's only picked up, like, two or three percentage points, but it helped, help, you know, swing a couple states, and now it looks like he might win, right? It, but right. the question is really, like, you know, I'm wondering why I'm, why that makes me, you know, gives me, it makes me so optimistic. Um, because it's still, you know, it, it's still a country where the Senate's going to be Republican. Right. Most of the state's house, state house is going to be Republican. And this is a redistricting year, right? 2020. Mm-hmm. What happens in the redistricting years, as you know better than anybody else in North Carolina, is they'll start gerrymandering. Absolutely. So, for instance, I believe it's in North Carolina. It may be in Wisconsin, but in one of those two states, and I think North Carolina is similar, but in but in I think it's Wisconsin. In order for the Dems to take control of the state house, they need to win sixty percent of the popular vote, hmm. because they have gerrymandered so much so that even when they get the minority of the vote, they still win the majority of the seats. And the same thing is true in in, in North Carolina. And so, you know, the fact that they're, that they're going to have control of the state house in a in a in a, in a, you know, in a redistricting year is is a problem. Oh man, yeah, I can believe it. You you know, my thought was um, initially I was hoping that some of these Senate races that weren't were too close to call last night would come in today. Uh, it doesn't look like they've necessarily come in, at least not in the landslide. Uh, victory for the Democratic Party, but what I what I will say, my saving grace here is if we get Joe Biden in the White House, at least I know that it's not going to get worse, right? Like I, I feel like there's at least a check in Washington D.C. to prevent the the decreasing value of America from getting any lower, and I think we'll start getting back to some degree of standard. Uh, I want my I want my political news on C-SPAN to be boring again. I, I don't <laughs> want it to be like, oh, well, look, Trump is, you know, grabbing women. or I, like, right. I don't want that. Um, and, and at the same time, I, I feel like... You, here's my question for you. Okay. My, my, my question for you is, and let's go back to this, because, you know, you said, that, you know, Trump in, in, in the White House. And, and I like that idea. Too. I mean, I'm sorry, Biden in the White House. I like this idea, too. I'm having trouble wrapping my brain around the concept, though, of how Trump ever leaves. At what point does Trump say, either one, I lost fair and square, you know that's never happening, or two, he says to his supporters, yes, they cheated me, but we should accept this cheating and just walk out. Mm. Can you see that happening? Um, (laughs) I can see a lot of way worse things happening to that. Uh, I, can, I can see us being at war with somebody. To- well, that's my point is how in the world does this work? Where, how does Trump, even if he decides he wants to leave at this point, save face? He's already said this all cheating, right? It's not like he can go back to his people, it seems like, and say to them, all right, people, one, I lied all the time. It's fair and square, right? Mm-hmm. Because one, that's not Trump. Trump never does that. But, but two, let's say he says, you know what? Okay. They're cheating and we're just going to have to let go. 
That doesn't work for him. It works for Al Gore. Al Gore did that in 2000. Yeah, I think we would have won, but you know what? For the sake of the country, we're just going to give it up, right? And you right. can kind of do that as a Democrat. You can be a, a pussy as a Democrat. We, we like that. <laughs> but Trump, mm-hmm. how the hell does Trump say to his people, we're being cheated, I'm just going to accept it and walk out of this door? Yeah. I mean, I can't read his people. Like Sometimes I feel like they burn stuff down just because he said somebody cheated. Mm-hmm. And other times I feel like they would just follow him and say, okay, where are we going next? So I, I don't know. I, I think I think this is one of those things where they were talking to a lot of people who are insiders of the Trump campaign right now. And those people are desperate, right? Right now they're saying the mood is not good. Um, they've basically been trying to keep the phone away from Trump so that he wouldn't Continue to tweet. You know, he he put up all kinds of stuff. He declared that he won Michigan on Twitter today. Right, uh, right. He didn't. Right. So I think they they've been trying to limit him. But the problem is that last night Trump jumped so far out there that right. what he did was committed a televised act of treason. He basically undermined American democracy at three o'clock in the morning when most people were in bed, uh, and and brought into question. This process. And I think what I've seen, at least so far today on the different media outlets I've watched is a stronger media focus on the regular everyday people doing the counting because they're trying to show there's no, you know, craziness going on. These people have rules. They're doing what they're supposed to do. I've heard a couple of the media people vouching for certain secretaries of state. Um, And so it just it looks bad. See, at some point, you're, at some point, Trump looks like a petulant child, and then yeah, for his supporters, he'll never, never be. Never for, for his people. We thought that about everything that, that, all the time. I mean, think about all the things that he's gotten away with that we think we always thought could never work. You know, whether it be you know talking about McCain as a loser from the beginning, mm-hmm. you know, the old families, the insulting the people, the, the grabbing by the, the hoo ha. You know, mm-hmm. it, Trump is sort of redefined right everything you could possibly get away with. And part of it is because he never backs down and his people just love Trump. It's, it, it's a cult, right? It's just like whatever cult Trump says is true. They actually even determine, you know, truth by whether Trump said it or not, right? And you don't need any numbers for them. You don't need to give them facts. If Trump tells them it's cheating, it's cheating, right? And I think Trump has painted himself into this corner where I don't know how he possibly backs himself out of this, um, you know, because that's not his personality to ever sort of back down and, and admit, think about it, he's never admitted anything. He, he ever made any mistakes, right? He ever did anything. How does he now admit that, okay, I lost? Right. And, and right. I don't see a situation on one hand, I do, the only thing I'm, I'm, I'm possibly feeling optimistic about is, is what Trump did with the row row. Trump comes out with coronavirus, right? What's it announced on a Thursday night? And remember, all this time has been like, you know what? It's not a real thing. It's just a flu. If you get it, you know, just, you know, buck up. You know, you stop being such a, a punk ass bitch, right? Right. Trump got got the row row, and within 24 hours, he checked his punk ass into the hospital. Right. And and, and you know why? I mean, the only thing I can think of is he got scurred. He, he, he started having some shortness of breath and was like, oh, hell. I better get my ass into the hospital. And I think mm-hmm. if there's some way to, you know, to, to put a fear into him personally, right? Like, oh, by the way, if you don't get out of here, um, the military will come and drag your punk ass out of here. Right. 
right? You be, you know, your ass will be on a perp walk if you don't get your ass. There's got to be something that is said to him, whether it's a sentence or whatever, that gets him more scared, right, than the alternative. Because think about it, it it had to take, it was a big step back for him to admit he had the coronavirus. And then this thing that he's been saying isn't real, isn't a big deal. He had to take his strong man ass into the hospital. Right. And it, and you notice he walked in. He didn't let him take him on a stretcher. And it took everything in his ass to walk to that, 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 that helicopter for like <laughs> four hours, right? Right. But, but, but what caught me about it was I said, damn, you know, Trump, if I'm Trump and I'm saying it's no big deal, all I'm going to do is I'm going to stay at, at the White House, do what I do, you know, make, make his videos, talk shit. Trump right. took his ass to the hospital. That's how scared he was. Walter Reed. Think about it. I, I told you, I, ain't, I you know, I couldn't go. I, I wouldn't go to the hospital. You know, I had to have some some stuff bleeding. All right, to go to the hospital as, as a guy normally. <laughs> and, and certainly, you know, in, in that context, if I told everybody right that you know that, that I'm not gonna get this shit, and, and you know, and it, it, it ain't gonna do nothing to me, I'm a strong. Think about it. He had doctors every year talking about how he's the strongest person, you know, seventy eight year old in the world. Right, and then he took his ass to the hospital day one, like like Christie's fat ass. Right, yeah, man, and and I think it's just bad because the whole Rose Garden party got it. It was just super <laughs> contagious. It just looks bad, like it was bad on many levels. Um, well, I don't know. I think what what I see happening here okay. is I see um, his supporters are always going to be his supporters. The people. Right in the streets are always going to be. What I really see is the insiders, the people who actually work on his campaign, who when they realize that it's mathematically impossible, they're going to say, all right, look, I got to protect my career. (laughs) I got to be able to work for another Republican if they come after you. Uh, So, you know, I'm out. They're just going to, I think they're going to desert him. And I think if they desert him, it's going to fall back to kind of, what you know, I, I, I'm of the opinion, and I know this isn't popular. I really think that Mitch McConnell, as um, the Senate Majority Leader, I don't think I think he likes what Trump does for him. Right. But I don't think that he views Trump as being in charge. Right. I think he views himself as being in charge. That's and it. I think when he knows that he does, he doesn't have anything else to get from Trump. He will find some piece of legislation that will allow him <laughs> to remove Trump forcibly, if necessary to move forward with whatever the changeover is because he's still going to be in charge. He comes back. So I, I just don't, I mean, Trump got money. That's the thing that works for him. So he can make all kinds of things work that normal people can't, but I just don't see it. I think his usefulness to them has, has run out, particularly if they lose Georgia and Arizona, his usefulness to them is gone. Absolutely. But if it's just so close, it's one electoral vote, right, or two. Um, and I agree with you. I, I think, you know, the, the thing that'll, that'll, that could change him and, and make him be able to back down is if the Senate deserted him. If the Senate passed a resolution and a law that said, hey, by the way, if you don't have your punk ass out of here by the 18th, right, you know, we're going to evict you, right? And, and sort right. of put pressure on him. Then he could go to his people and say, look, you know, I was going to fight forever, but those punk ass senators wouldn't, right? He needs right. something that will that will allow him to sort of save face and say, look, other people sold me out. I would have fought to the end for you, but mm-hmm. these people sold me out. And so we need, you know, the Mitt Romneys and whatever who pretend like they have some decency to actually have some here and basically make public statements saying, Trump, you lost. And we're not going to allow you to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. Right? 
and you need to get out. And that, I think, will give him the – you need something because I just don't see otherwise how he possibly says to his people, I'm fighting for you. Uh, I mean, they cheated, but I'm just going to stop fighting for you. Right. You're right. I don't know. I mean, it's going to be great TV, though. That's, that's what I know. You know, here's like you said. I, I, I've been looking forward to it a long time. My goal was to is to forget who the president is. Mm. I want to be like somebody you ask on the street on the Jimmy Kimmel show, and they're like, who's the president? <laughs> right? You're like, Andrew Jackson? Like, I want to be an idiot, right? I, you know, because here's the thing about Obama was. Even though I always remembered he was president, I didn't always see Obama. You, Obama was, was, was like Kim Jong-il. You might not see him for three, four weeks. Mm-hmm. You know, unless it was a basketball Final Four or somebody got shot in the church, you weren't going to see Obama every day. Right, right, right. And Trump, we done seen every damn day. Yeah, I mean, part of that is tweeting, though. Like, I just, I just don't... He's changed the game when it comes to direct communication with your commander-in-chief. Um, <laughs> he's a troll. Well, except for... We're going to see what happens. You know what happened to him on Twitter today, where Twitter started redacting all his tweets? Mm-hmm. Yep. So, for instance, he tweeted four hours ago um, that, just like you said, we claim for electoral purposes, I love this, we claim. We have claimed the Pennsylvania, the state of, which won't allow legal observers, of the state of Georgia and the state of North Carolina, each of which has, give, has a big Trump lead. Additionally, we hereby claim the state of Michigan, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> There was a large number of secretly dumped ballots, as has been widely reported. And and Twitter was like, I'm no fool. And so Twitter had a notice of it that says, um, official sources may not have called the race. Uh, some of this content is disputed, may be misleading. He's going to, I think, increasingly in the future, have a harder time telling his lies to his people directly. Right. Because Twitter, and, and wait till he's out of the office, wait, wait, wait till he's out of the White House. You know, I always thought that Trump would be the kind of president who would be in, you know, Biden's business every day. But I can see once he's out of the White House, Twitter banning his ass. Mm, I believe it. Um, so hopefully that will will, will 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 end this nightmare for us. Like you said, I w- I want to be bored with politics again. Right. Or just what? Not politics, because politics is important. I want to be bored with politicians. Right. 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 So, you know, I want them to keep doing what we're doing. We got to keep on them about, you know, all the stuff that needs to get done, defunding the police, et cetera. But I don't need that to be seeing somebody, you know, every 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 one of their, you know, machinations, their tweets. I certainly don't need to see anybody's first lady's hoo-ha anymore. So I definitely want to avoid that. Yeah. And and I'll say this. I also think, you know, we we understand, too, as an electorate that Joe Biden is a centrist. Uh, I don't think that he's going to usher in any uh, uniquely progressive reforms. I think this was more of a let's stop the bleeding vote. Like let's stop the bleeding. Vote. Let's let's get back stabilized. Um, I do hope though, just based on looking at the map, that the Democratic Party has an internal conversation with itself about what do you want to prioritize moving forward because. I think this is another year that African-Americans, particularly black women, have saved this party. And we reward them by allowing police to kill their kids in the street and not do anything about it. So I think that, you know, this this drop that we see, even though it's not a big drop, but the drop that we see of black men voting Democrat was largely predicated on this concept of what has the Democratic Party done for you? Right. 
Right. And I think the the further they push this or kick this can down the road, the more of a problem this is going to become. I think that in, in my personal opinion, America is racist, right? America's always racist. The only thing we've invented outside of America is racism. It's the only thing we invented that didn't require black exploited labor, right? <laughs> so so uh, because of that, I feel like it works hard to make sure that it enshrines racism. And it doesn't matter if you're Republican or Democrat. It, the, the platform in and of itself, you may have a social agenda, but the social agenda isn't going to be anywhere near as progressive as what black communities deserve. So what I'm hoping is we're going to see the change in leadership. We're going to see some support from the White House for local uh, um, activists and local groups on the ground who are actually doing the work and putting in the efforts to get the changes in their communities that they want to see. Uh, I'm hoping that we might have some reviews of police reform. I'm not expecting that Joe Biden is going to be advocating for defunding the police. Uh, but I certainly think that he should be advocating for accountability. Um, and I, I think that it's okay for people who basically saved his presidential hopes to have certain demands of what he's going to need to do for us. And I think yeah, we should yeah, hold him accountable I to that. I can't disagree with anything you said. All that, that makes perfect sense. The only problem I see with it is that we sort of did just the opposite this time. Remember, Biden is there because we picked him. Black people, right? right? And right. we basically picked Black Biden because we said, hey, this is the white man that these racists are most willing to accept in exchange for Trump. Absolutely. Right? He is, you know, the, the, the oldest, the whitest, and the most centrist of them will get him, right? right. Not Bernie, not, you know, and, and, and not, um, you know, Booker, not, not Kamala, certainly not none of the women. But mm -hmm. Biden might win this by two electoral votes by far the closest margin in electoral college history. How mm -hmm. then do you go to the party and black people in 2024 and say, you know what, you need to, um, you know, liberal this up. We barely got, right, defeated the Republicans by the skin, skin of our teeth with this centrist guy. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure that even black people, because remember, you know, I think black people voted for Biden largely because it was like, you know, we, we're going to be practical here. Right. And so what year do we decide not to be practical and go for it? Yeah, that that is something I don't know, because at 13 percent, I just don't see us having I mean, 13 percent of the population. I just don't see us having that pull. We everything we do always seems to rely on coalition building. Right. But the problem is the coalitions always get what they want, but the black people don't. So, exactly. but part of it is because we don't pick a coalition that's for us. We just pick a coalition that we think can win that will satisfy enough racist white people. Right. Right. And Absolutely. so that coalition, by the way, I love this is, is, is the coalition that, by the way, what satisfies these racist white people is that we don't get anything. That's what really you know, appeals mm -hmm. to them. Right. Think about it. Biden, you know, his, his 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 popularity with, you know, these you know suburban whites and with, um, you know, the rural whites, a few he got. You know, um, and, and and black people were, were sort of like, we're not going to give black people better health care. We'll keep it through mm -hmm. your employer. And by the way, since white people have the better jobs with the better employers, they'll keep all the good health care. Right. Mm -hmm. And black people will still deal with what they're dealing with. You know, we're not going to defund the police. We're going to change all these things. We're basically going to make this as comfortable for white people to continue being white as possible. Right. And like you said, you know, I think the answer is we, we we're the only people we're the only reason you know, Democrats can win. So we have we should be able to say to them, okay, 
then get our, our policy. But the question is, I, I think the, the Dems would say, and I think a lot of black people would say, if we get someone like that, we're not going to win. Yeah, but then it's like, what? what well, is I the agree, point of, yeah, what's the point? Once you get somebody in office, they should be able to have the power to at least, I mean, I guess I'm not, I'm not looking for kind of like when Obama got in office, I would have loved to have universal health care. Um, I wasn't necessarily expecting because I knew this was a big task that a lot of people had tried and failed on. But just to see the effort that he used to make when he would go into Congress and they had the recordings going where everybody kept telling him no, but he would present what the bill was and try to get it to navigate to a vote. Like, I think that's what I want to see. I want to see the effort. Like, I want to see somebody say, you know what? I've heard what this demographic of constituents has has been saying. So this is what I want to do. Now, if Senate, of course, because we don't have control there, if Senate or even the House or just Congress in general decides they're not going to go for it, well, they're the legislators. And I think that's what we need to hold people accountable for, how they vote on these things. But what I don't want is a president who just doesn't do anything. No. He's like, oh, okay, I don't care. If you want to do something, send me a bill. I'll sign it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want that. You know, but here's the thing about it is, because, you know, you know, that was, you mentioned, you know, that being sort of Obama's thing the first couple of years when he's trying to get health care passed or whatever. But that, you know, what you're describing seemed to be Obama from 2010 to sort of 2016. You know, it wasn't like, I love the fact that, you know, it, they weren't even able to get stuff to the floor for a vote. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, Obama pushed some big initiatives. So after um, Sandy Hook, he gets on, he, may, he cries a little bit and says, hey, we got to get this, this 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 gun control passed. And it doesn't even get yeah. to a vote. Right. And, you know, his same quote, his Supreme Court nominees, they don't even get to a vote. Right. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's like hopefully we can get someone who can get past that. But I think part of getting past that is, is, is really going to be a challenge because it's going to require us as black people to, you know, at one point say, hey, we want a candidate who's going to fight for our interests, and 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 we're not we're willing to lose to put that candidate on the on on the ballot, mm. right? Now yeah. I agree here that we were smart not to be willing to lose to Trump because there's too much at stake, right? But if the Republicans ran someone reasonable, I think it might not be a bad idea to say, hey, we're going to shoot our shot here, right? Because otherwise, we never get anything. Absolutely. But we had to get rid of Trump. I, I look at Trump. One thing I want to say is sort of that maybe make, gives me a little bit of hope. I'm looking at his at his Twitter feed now, right? Okay. He said something about three hours ago. So this would have been like um, about about eight o'clock Eastern time, uh, night after the election. He says our lawyers have asked for meaningful access, but what good does that do? The damage has already been done to the integrity of our system and the presidential election itself. This is what should be discussed. That sounds like somebody who's about to give up. <laughs> the damage has already been done. What are we going to do now? I, I, I'll, I'll just say, man, it's always impressive to see people who will not lose. Like, it doesn't matter how bad they lose. It doesn't matter how bad it looks. <laughs> like, they just, they will not lose. You know, what? one of the things that it just stands out to me is it is apparently obvious, glaringly obvious to me that he didn't go to public school and it's glaringly obvious to me that he's spoiled. He's he's spoiled. He gets everything he wants. Anybody else is like, look, sometimes you lose. If you've ever played a sport, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> if you've ever been in a fight, 
Sometimes you lose and it's okay. Sometimes you just got to get up, wipe yourself off and say, you know what? I did my best. Uh, it didn't work out the way that I had anticipated that it would. And this is it. Kind of like what Roy Jones is going to do. Uh, <laughs> when, when he finished with my, when Mike Tyson finished with him in November. Uh, so, so, no, uh, but, but yeah, you just got to be- You're right. And here's the thing about the, here's why it, Trump didn't have this. Like you say, he didn't go to public school, right? Mm-hmm. He comes out of, uh, out of school. He doesn't go work for a company where you might get passed over by a promotion for promotion. Mm-hmm. You might not get the count you want. He goes to work for his daddy. Right. And he's a favorite son. So obviously he gets to do anything he wants there. Now he works for himself. And even if they lose money, nobody can tell him anything. And he's never right. in his own life, in adult life, had anybody who could tell him no. Right. And so, like you said, he hasn't gotten accustomed. If you think about it, if you could never lose, I guess you wouldn't have learned how to lose. Right. It probably feels like injustice to yeah. where, where you're the boss and you know you own the thing. You know, I, I can tell you in my company, I'm going to be the last person to get fired out of here. I know that. <laughs> I don't care if I show up late. I don't care if I pull a Jeffrey Tubin. I'm still <laughs> gonna be the, gonna be the last person fired out of here. I know that, right? Right. right. And, and and he's kind of lived that way. Now he's in the White House thinking, I well, I just use the same rules I've been using. Yeah. Do you want to talk about before we go? Because we're gonna get going. Um, but do you want to do a wrap up of any things that happened? Maybe the Tubin incident, incident, or anything like that. Oh, 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 yeah, I forgot. So we, the election took up all the covers. So, you know, I, I feel bad for uh, Jeff Tubin, but I've been getting these jokes off. Um, Jeff Tubin was on a Zoom call, uh, and it was, I guess he was supposed to be playing the role of the court system in this kind of reenactment. Uh, so, so in playing the role of the court system, I guess he did, he got a secondary call and did not realize that he was still on live. For the main call, and initially the report was that I guess you know he he was inappropriate, but as more details came out, we found out that he was engaged in pleasuring himself uh, while people watched disturbingly. So here's what I don't get though: I don't get how they saw him um, pleasuring himself because people said they actually saw you know little little Jeffrey, right? right. And, and, and I don't get that because. Think about it. If you 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 did a, a, a web uh, a, a, a big interview today uh, with the media um, for about the election coverage. Uh, another podcast, right? Big podcast. Yeah. I saw it. I can't see uh, you know um, you know little medium Jesse, whatever you call it. Right? I, I <laughs> that because that's below the table. How does he get his camera down there? Other than I'm like, did you point it? Like, what were you doing? Like, they could have seen you making you know weird faces and, and weird movements. But the idea that they actually saw it, I'm like, I think he somehow had pointed the camera down there. I don't think he was webcamming with somebody or whatever it was. Um, I do know I got in a lot of trouble for, for making a supposition and then have my wife look at me like, is that what you do with <laughs> and, and, and by the way, she's coming to work with me uh, every day since Tubin got in trouble. So, uh, so <laughs> damn you, Jeffrey. Uh, <laughs> but, but here's the thing is, you know, I don't know what Jeffrey w- was thinking about. I, well, I know what he's thinking about, obviously. Um, <laughs> I, 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 it's just a weird thing to me. The whole thing is obviously bizarre. Only thing that was more bizarre is on Twitter, all the other journalists coming in like, what's wrong with that? <laughs>
It's hard out here. Just <laughs> literally. Apparently, we went to the wrong profession, Jesse, because I don't know what we were thinking about. That, that's the right profession there. Um, I guess we need to talk a little bit about, tell me, what are we going to do about uh, Cube and Lil Wayne? Oh, and my Lord. Oh, my Lord. Okay. All right. So here we go. Um, I got levels to this. Like Lil okay. Wayne, I'm just, I'm done. I'm done. Right. He he just went all out of the way. And then the whole image and look was just minstrel show-ish. Absolutely. I'm just done. Okay. Um, Kanye, I used to hate a lot more than I do now. Right. Um, I actually feel bad for Kanye because I feel like he's just in a place where his, his uh, mental issues or whatever, he's just gotten to a place where people don't want to help him. And they're going to let him do this. Like he's already posted on his Twitter that he's running again in 2024. Mm-hmm. So I, he's, I don't know, just help him. We need, he needs help. Um, <laughs> Cube, <laughs> Cube is, is a little bit different. Absolutely. Um, I, I've read the contract with black America and it's not entirely bad, right? So it's pretty good. The problem that I have with the contract with black America is more so the delivery of it. And, you know, anytime that you're working on behalf of a community or organization, it's not about you, right? right. It's about the, the cause. So um, the first thing is black people, anybody, even famous people, anybody, you don't wait until October before an election there you go. <laughs> to be like, oh, yeah, check out my plan on how I'm resolve all the issues for black America. No, 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 no. This an election is something that is a four year project. Absolutely. People have been working on this since before they put their name on the ballot. You need to be talking about this stuff early and make sure you have a coalition because I'm telling you, when when you present this to Joe Biden, particularly given the fact that he's not Obama, he's not of the culture, right? right. If you give something like this to Joe Biden, the first person that Joe Biden better call is the Congressional Black Caucus. The better. first people. Right. And if he calls the Congressional Black Caucus and he's like, hey, what do y'all think about the contract with Black America? And they say, what? <laughs> Who is that? What contract? Um, right, right, right. That's a problem, right? So you sh- they should know. The other thing about it is a lot of the plans that Ice Cube had in his contract, which are really good plans, are already in a variety of bills that have already passed the House. Okay. So <laughs> things like the George Floyd Act, it's already passed the House. It's sitting on Mitch McConnell's desk. So it isn't a matter of coming up with new legislation to establish a contract for Black America for that issue is more so about putting pressure on the Senate to take a vote on the measure. Um, And so, but I think a little inside help, like just that would be something that Congressional Black Caucus could help you with. Um, I also think that, you know, I'm not going to knock him for being an entertainer. I think Ice Cube has been wildly successful to go from rap to owning uh, film companies to the big three, all that stuff. He's obviously got a track record of success. But what I think happened was he thought that he was going to get elevated from a position of somebody essentially being Hollywood to being somebody who's considered in a in a political forum as a political animal of some sort, despite not having the experience. And I think at some point it became about him and not about the plan. So he was like, oh, Kamala Harris, yeah, she wanted to meet with me in conjunction with a whole bunch of other rappers. She wanted to deal with me personally. And I, I don't have time to, to you know, be lollygagging with other rappers. You know, I got serious stuff to talk about, unlike Snoop Dogg, who's just going to say shizzle bizzle. 
I don't. <laughs> and like, yeah, okay, that may be true, but you know, the the main thing is besides this, you know, during election season meeting, what steps did you take? Did you talk to her people? Did you start off with a congressional aide or or at least an aide for the campaign? Like, what what did you do? And then on top of that, who really exposed him was Roland Martin. Shout out to him. Ice Cube went on the show. Roland Martin started asking him about all of these community organizations that do the things that were in his program. And Ice Cube had zero connection with any of the people who are already on the ground doing the grassroots work. So he's gotten out. That's not to knock him. He has people in his area of California that he has worked with in those committees. But we're talking like a small section of Inglewood as opposed to something that you're trying to launch for the nation. All right. So he hasn't talked to any of these people. And I felt like when Roland tried to introduce him to one of the ladies who was doing the work that he's doing and has been doing so for a long time, his response to her was very aggressive and abrasive. Right. And I know Ice Cube can be an aggressive guy, but it was just like uncalled for aggressive. Uh, because he probably felt ambushed, which he kind of was. But at the same time, it's like you you haven't done what you needed to do to get proximate to the work. So you can't skip the steps. Let me stop you here because you've been way too, um, you know, compliment diplomatic uh, <laughs> with O'Shea, you know, O'Shea Jackson. Um, <laughs> you know, he, he, you know he, here's, he, here's the thing about it to me. It's like, you know, you want to say rappers shouldn't, you know, do the work or whatever. You know what? Um, Obama is, is great, and you know, but, but, but he shouldn't rap death certificate. Right, 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 right. <laughs> so The fact that you can rap doesn't mean you can be a politician anymore. The fact you're a politician means you can rap. And by the way, you and I can speak, but it doesn't mean we can rap. That's a thing. Right? It's a whole different thing. And this is a skill that takes years to develop, like you said, the ability to deal with the grassroots, to build a staff, and all that type of stuff. And the fact, you know, that doesn't mean you just get to run into that because, you know, concerts are out for six months and now you're a political animal. You know, no, no, no. You know, this is a, this is a process and, 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 and a skill. And what would be nice is if he could have taken his, you know, cachet and whatever he has, and you then partner or stand with other people. You know, you're noticing in, in the 60s when you had people like Harry Belafonte, um, who were doing incredible work. Um, you know, he was normally standing with a king. Right. With, right. with, with an Abernathy, with someone who, you know, had, had put the plans together and done the work and he's there to support and, you know, and, and to encourage it to, to sort of, you know, help them in, in, in his way to raise money or whatever. But Absolutely. not in the concept of, OK, you got the plan that you set up. Right. There are people who have been working on this for years, like you said. Right. And by the way, this isn't something that I'm qualified to do. Right. Even mm-hmm. with a law degree. That's that's not that's not the skill. Right. It's, you right. know, the, Absolutely. The, grassroots stuff, the stuff that Obama did before he got to be in the Senate, right? You know, the, it's it, it's a process. And the idea that some people think that they just get to skip it, right, because they're a rapper, I'm like, no, shit, that's not the way that works. And I mean, you don't have to have a degree Absolutely. or anything like that, but you have to put in the time and effort, which you didn't. Absolutely. And the last thing you, you absolutely cannot do. So if you bring this plan together and you circulate it in September, October of an election year, if if Donald Trump says, OK, I want to meet with you and talk about it, um, you should be worried. Why? Because why is it that he doesn't have a plan of his own and he's coming to you in October to look at what you got? He's trying to copy your notes. Right. 
and, and put together something. And then sure enough, after he met with you, he put out the platinum plan. He played you for an idiot to have you. His son had you looking like you endorsed the platinum plan, right. like it was your plan. And they put you all over Twitter. Now you up here fighting with them. But at the same time, you want to be anti Joe Biden because Joe Biden didn't meet with you. And I just feel like you can't have it both ways. Like, look, it, first off, I, I'm always skeptical and I'm happy for support, no matter who it comes from, whatever aisle, if, if the support is genuine. Right. But I am nervous when you wait until the bottom of the ninth inning to talk about black issues when you've been president for four years. Right. We know. Think about it. Trump is president for the reason that a good percentage of his electorate, you know, doesn't like black people. I mean, and, and a, 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 exactly. and a proud, you know, the Proud Boys and the police and all that. Right. Exactly. Now, gets me about Ice Cube. You think that this president who traffics in, remember, his campaign slogan for this time was people, ladies and women in the suburbs, the niggas are coming. Right. 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 That guy is going to push policies that would piss off his main base to get the extra 4% of votes you can provide. No way. Right. No how. You're being played. Right. And the Absolutely. fact that you don't recognize that or, you know, to see how that, that, that that's working for you. Now, like you said, to me, Ice Cube is 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 is, is, is sort of, you know, an, his offense is something that's built of negligence. And you know, not knowing, I'm a, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give him another one. If he comes up with another good album, I'll get it. Uh, however, <laughs> I get it. I tell you who I will not even watch Power for is Fifty Cent, <laughs> because Fifty Cent didn't say I think Trump has stuff for black people. Trump Fifty Cent said my money is gonna be better. So the hell with all the rest of you Negroes, right? That to me is unforgivable. And by the way, it's unforced error because nobody was asking 50 cent shit. Absolutely. Think about it. In, in, in the entire last four years, we've been doing this entire podcast. If you ever thought to yourself, you know, we're going to talk about this on Wednesday, maybe I should call 50 and see what his opinion is. <laughs> we talked about everything, right? We talked about power. You've done a couple of intros with power, right? We didn't ask right. his opinion about shit. So why would Fifty even think that his opinion was was warranted? He like he came out and basically just simply said, "Black people, I want you to know. You didn't ask me, but I want to tell you, y'all don't mean shit to me. I will sell you out for a dollar. You've been singing for years, right? You can't get a dollar out of me. Well, yeah, I'm a PIMP, right? And yep. I'm a pimp you any chance I get. Yep. Well, you know, if you give fifty cent another dollar to pimp you. That's that's, that's your you know that's a, the fool's but that the fool is you. Well, I'll tell you this. I think that um, fifty cent. First off, the one thing I will say about fifty cent, like you said, I think he's honest. I think he's he's told us from day one he'll sell us out. He don't care about us. He do anything for money. Um, I think also that fifty cent has created a nice little lane for himself to now be some kind of kind of media executive. Oh, uh, he's got shows that he's producing for ABC. Absolutely. Who thought it, you know, like, so he's, he's got a comfortable lifestyle. And I will say to his credit, he does do a lot of charitable stuff. Like I know um, when COVID was around and, and, and kids were going back to work at the McDonald's and they had clips of him driving around the city and giving all the McDonald's staff workers basically thousands of dollars just, you know, because they got to work. Um, so I think, you know, he's, he's somewhere deep down in there. He cares about people, but I also think he enjoys being rich. He enjoys it. He will, he will do whatever he can do to stay rich. 
And I feel like he's going to be honest with us. Not to mention, he's a troll. Like, he goes on social media. Right. He attacks people. He talks about who owe him money. He don't care if it's a woman. He don't care if it's a man. He don't care what you are. He always talk about, run me my money. That's just, that's that's part of it's just who 50 is. So um, I, I'm fine if, if there's a, a boycott of 50 or, or his productions or whatever, or if it's just ignore him and don't say anything. I'm, I'm fine with all of that. Because he obviously doesn't care about us. I think Wayne, I mean, Wheezy, oh, that hurt. That hurt. That hurt. Um, and, and if anybody should know what it's like to right. need money, it's you. Like, Birdman didn't pay you for yeah. <laughs> You gave your whole life to cash money. He didn't give you anything. Exactly. And now you over here trying to buddy up with Trump. That doesn't make sense to me. Exactly. And by the way, again, what's killing me about these guys is I can understand, by the way, if if Biden's plan says, you know what, we're going to take your jet, we're going to take all your stuff. Mm-hmm. Biden's plan is what, 2% on over 400,000 or something? Right. It's nothing, right? If you're coming down to your last 2% and you 50, 50 worth a couple hundred million, well, what's your right. last 2%, right? And you still got 196 million. Like, why, and why would you be freaked out about that? Other than the fact that either one, they lied to you and told you it's going to be all your money, which is probably the case. But also the idea, like I said, it's like, you know what? You didn't have to say shit. You could, and by the way, that's what I love about it. 50 wasn't going to even vote. I don't think he can vote. Mm-hmm. So why are you in jumping in some stuff, right? To the, and almost to me, it was like, that. I just want to let black people know up front. I don't give a damn about y'all. Even though though I can't vote in this election, certainly nobody cares about my political opinion. I just want y'all to know for sure so that y'all don't think I ever cared about you at all. Kiss my ass. And that to me is like, well, then you done told me what I need to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Hate to lose them, though, because those those people are very important parts of my role. My my rhapsody playlist, uh, <laughs> and maybe that's part of the reason because I, you know, I've gotten past most of the fifty. And remember, my rule is, and, and maybe I'm wrong here, uh, but my rule is, if I've already bought you, um, then then, then I can't boycott you no more. I, like I mean, okay. I, I can still listen to the stuff I bought because even if I throw it away, you I can't get you know you you don't I don't get that money back from you. Right, right. I'm not gonna burn up my my my, my gear, you know, my my Nike gear. Like you people, you calling like you know. I'm just gonna burn. I seen it with J.K. Rowling. I'm gonna burn up your books. Like she's like, fine. I got my money. You can burn up what you want to burn up, right? And right. so, generally speaking, my I have an exemption. Like, hey, if you want to listen to Fifty, and, and, you know, the stuff you already bought, fine, right? Um, I'm, I'm, you know, you you you, you can listen to Bump and Grind if you want to, but just don't, you know, be out there buying, you know, the, the new stuff, the new remix. <laughs> I don't know if he's gonna have any new new remixes come on that. It's R. Kelly's got a <laughs> wait to go. You to know, go. yeah, it's like we we're not even gonna get back in R. Kelly again. Let's see, anything <laughs> else happened interesting in the, in the last week besides the election? I don't know, man. I've been so into the election. Uh, I just been having a little media run. That's that's pretty much uh it on my end. Man, I've been hitting the refresh button. Like one of those rats in the cocaine experiments. I just hit it again now to make sure nothing changed. Um, even though I know, like you said, we talked about Nevada took a night off, right? Michigan, right. they scurred, they, they, you know, they hiding somewhere. Uh, <laughs> I think Pennsylvania is gone, but I'm still looking every few minutes, like to see if anything updated. 
right? Um, and so far, it's, it's what we said before. Um, so we'll see what happens. But, you know, hopefully by the time the podcast comes out, actually, it won't it should be tomorrow. So that hopefully we'll have a result soon. I want to go back to, to doing the stupid stuff we used to do and talk about celebrities and, you know, Jesse, um, you know, getting caught in, in, the, in the polar vortex. Um, <laughs> too much stress. Yeah, I mean, it will be nice if, if we can entrust the government to the government and not have to be the voice of authority uh, from the podcast. But, you know, I stand ready. Uh, if, if they need to send us to Washington to get people in line, I'm fine with that, too. Yeah, I, I, I guess the, the last thing I want, I, want, I want to ask you about is, is, is COVID. Um, you know, it's, it's starting to ramp up again. Right. And, um, you know, what's your thought for sort of, you know, how long you think it's going to go, how long you're going to stay in? Um, you know, what are you, what are you doing about the COVID? I mean, so everybody had kind of prepared me because they were talking about you're entering into flu season. Um, I'm going to do something I've never done before. I'm supposed to be getting the flu shot. Okay. I think in the next week or two, whenever my doctor's appointment is, um, I don't know how it's going to turn out. I'll let y'all know. <laughs> but anyway, uh, and so I just think I expected it to get bad. What I also expected, though, was people were going to take all the warnings, the million warnings that we got before we got here seriously, and that Dr. Fauci was still going to have daily reports. And obviously we know that's not going to be happening uh, for for at least the next two months. Um, I, I also think that America was in a rush just to get back to work. I don't right. know what it is about people's jobs that are so great. Maybe, I mean, if you work in Hollywood and you had a love scene schedule with Halle Berry, but for the rest of y'all working at factories and stuff, it's like, uh, okay, but I guess you can't pay bills and you can't stack up and plan for the future if you're not working. So I, right. I understand, but you can't stack up and pay bills and do all that if you're dead either. Right. Um, so I don't know. I, I don't think we, we had a collective federal response that was going to provide guidance for all 50 states on how to deal with it. And so what happens is you have every state and their own respective leadership deciding what they feel is best. And a lot of that was politically motivated. So oh. states like Florida and Georgia, where they didn't have lockdowns at all. Uh, they just was business as usual. And well, now you got COVID. Um, states that did have lockdowns, like New York had a pretty severe lockdown, but then started to open back up uh, slightly in hopes that, you know, hey, this might have passed. And we're seeing now it did not. Uh, North Carolina was in the middle and we were fortunate enough to have a governor who did a three part phase in. But when okay. we got to part 2.5, it started spiking for us again as well. So he just was like, well, we'll revert back to phase two. Um, so. I don't know. I think this is something I kind of feel like this is kind of like that disease in The Walking Dead where we all are going to end up getting in some way, shape or form anyway. But it's just a matter of how long can you hold out before it gets you. Um, and and you're, you're absolutely right. You know, and that's what sort of thing that, that I've been thinking about this you know, from from a standpoint of, you know, as recently I was like, oh, maybe the idea is, you know, you wait till it spikes down again and you're out there and start kissing bats or whatever you need to do to get it. Um, because I, I, at the current rate we're in, right, we're getting 100,000 cases a day. Mm -hmm. That's a lot, right? right. But you put that in perspective, that is um, 3 million cases a month, right? Mm -hmm. To get to 
All right. Um, uh, you know, uh, what was that? To get to, um, to, to I'm sorry, so 100,000 cases, right? Okay, so day three, you know, to get to the herd immunity we're looking for, right? At 70%, it takes 70 months of mm. high, you know, of high contagion to get. That's, 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 that's almost six years. Okay. Mm. That's 2027, right? And, and, and the idea at, at some point, like you said, it's like, it, it's like, you know, we had the flu around for a hundred years and we still haven't quite exactly figured all that out, right? We still yeah. get the flu. We still get, you know, a couple, we lose a hundred thousand or so people, you know, a year from the flu. This is worse by far. But the idea is that, you know, it's hard to, you know, we always, I think we all had this idea. We just go in the house for six months. They'll come up with a vaccine. We'll be fine. Mm-hmm. And then you realize, wait a minute, that's not how this works at all. We've never had a coronavirus vaccine ever, right? Normally, right. it takes about 15, 20 years to get that approved through the FDA. We're going to rush this through in a year. Who knows how dangerous that's going to be as a result? Right. There are bunch of people who won't take it for political reasons, for safety reasons, for whatever reason, right? And even right. if you think about it, how would you distribute to 300 million people, all right, this shot? You know how long President Trump said he was going to get the military. <laughs> the only people, a million people in the military, right? They have to get three hundred shots apiece, right? It's like right. it takes a long time with a country this big to do anything. So a vaccine, even if it were developed tomorrow, is going to take like two years to distribute to everybody. By the time you can right. get it out to everybody, this is going to be a long term thing where you know we're going to have to live with masks for a while, which is fine. I'm fine with that, and, and some social and social distancing. Um, you know, small crowds, you know, no sports for, for, you know, or at least nobody in sports arenas for a while. We're going to have to all come to grips with the fact that this is going to be the case. I, you know, I have a 70 something year old dad and, you know, and I, we're talking about it and it's like, I couldn't tell him anymore. Like you got to absolutely stay inside because I can't guarantee that he will be, that, that, that this wouldn't be the rest of his life. Absolutely. Right. And it's like, then you got to do, I mean, I may just support you either way because I'm not sure I'd want to, you know, just figure out and spend the rest of my life, right, in the house. Yeah. What yeah, I will say is, I'm very proud of my real estate investment decision in my house. I got all the stuff I need, all the stuff I could ever want. Um, and I understand I am privileged and fortunate to be in that position uh, and also to be in a position where I can keep my job and work from home. Uh, which is which is great. I got my kid doing school from home, so I get to see him every day. My wife's working from home, so for us, this is like vacation. Uh, but for other people in America, I'm sure there's there's concerns about how bills are going to be paid. Uh, what happens to the kids for those people who had to work who were essential? Right. Uh, you had to send your kids back to school. I'm sure there's fear going on there. We've already had two schools in North Carolina that tested positive for COVID that had actual students there. So uh, I just couldn't imagine. Like, I don't, I don't envy that. I wouldn't wish that on my, my worst enemy. Um, but until we have some kind of leadership, uniform leadership at the federal level to tell states how this is going to work, that's based on scientific research and not on the political basis of wanting to keep number of reports down. Oh, wow. Um, I know. Wow. Yeah, till till we get that, I just don't see it. So well, you everybody know, I, wash your hands. You know, you know well, the question is on like you know, I, I see. I think we can, we can't sort of depend that much on Biden for getting that done because think about it. You know, the, when the governors of the states decided to do their their thing, 
you know, they were they were pushed back, right? And you saw what happened in Michigan, et cetera. Absolutely. There are places like, you know, um, you know, Wyoming, who haven't had that many cases. Maine, I think, has had like, you know, a couple dozen deaths, like not a whole lot of deaths. There's no way you can be able to have a federal response that says shut them down too. Um, you know, those people would, would, would revolt and maybe like rightfully so, you know, what they did in China when they shut down Wuhan, they shut down Wuhan, but they left the rest of the country open. Right. Because somebody's got to be able to make the stuff, right, to be able to ship into Wuhan, right, and all that. And so part right. of it, you got a coordinated practice is you would have certain states that were open to continue doing what they're doing. And then you'd have certain places that were closed while, you know, you try to rotate through that. But the bottom line is, is that this is going to be a long process for all of us. We don't really, you know, none of us know how it's going to work out. I think a lot of us, at least in my did, I had a perception that this would be a very short-term thing. Just go in the house, take a nine months off, come on out, you good. Absolutely. And this is going to be a long-term thing. I would imagine this will be an issue in the 2024 election. Mm-hmm. How you deal with, with COVID, right, going forward. You know, the people in the Far East, as you know, even between what between SARS and between now, they never went out of pandemic mode. You know, they were still wearing masks in public to some extent. Right. They had, you know, I would see people in American airports with masks on from the Far East and I'd be kind of confused. You know, they have been sort of, you know, gradually changing their way of life to deal with this stuff for, you know, a, a decade now. Right. And so I think we might be, you know, doing the same thing. Um, good luck. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think good luck is all I got for you. I, I have no idea what we need to do. I just know I keep hand sanitizer on me at all times, wash my hands at all times, try not to be around people. Um, you know, droplets, you know, when they said it could spread, um, through aerialization, what the, the droplets, I was like, well, you know, people spit when they talk, people spit when they eat, wow. people nasty, uh, people don't wash their hands, people go to the restroom, restrooms at workplaces, all the times are common areas. Yeah. So, uh, I ain't gonna be doing none of that. I'm just <laughs> sitting at the house doing my best and I'm praying, praying before all prayer. That it doesn't get transmitted through food because ah! one thing I have been doing is eating, and I I love to eat, especially now that everybody has uh, services. You could just order it and go drive, and they'll throw it in the car, no questions asked, and you keep it moving. I love it. Um, so the day that those reports come out, I'm gonna be uh, horrified. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I, I, I'm going to tell you that you know. Hopefully, by the next podcast, we'll have some idea who is going to win the presidency. Uh, maybe we'll put up on our Facebook page. I want to know what people's sort of post-Trump plans are. Um, I don't mm-hmm. know, but we talked about earlier. You know, he, he, Trump took up. I'm embarrassed at how much of my time and effort and energy he took up over the last four years. I think uh, basically I could cure cancer in that time if I, if I use it. <laughs> uh, so I'm gonna put together my 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 <laughs> my Trump kick the bucket list, right? Of all the stuff I'm gonna do. And you mentioned, you know, the, the, I'm getting my sexy back. I'm telling you that now. You you the world you get you be. I'm gonna warn you because when I'm I'm gonna be sexy as hell. I'm gonna tell y'all now, right? <laughs> um, women, men, all of y'all, everybody in the middle and, and, and around the side, y'all gonna be wanting some of this. I'm gonna tell you that now. <laughs> you know, be prepared because I'm, I'm getting all this together. Hey man, I've been trying. I keep falling off the wagon, but I'm I'm gonna get there. Trying to get ready for podcast season, just in case 
we get some awards, uh, <laughs> which reminds me, if if you are listening, make sure that y'all are still voting. Um, I haven't I haven't checked iTunes for our ratings, but it looks like last time I checked, they, I, I don't know if they stopped taking more ratings. I don't know, but keep doing them so that we can keep getting put on people's radars. Uh, keep telling your friends about our show. Shout out to all the people in Australia who listen to us faithfully. Uh, and, and y'all should be more like Australia, right? <laughs> like y'all listen to us faithfully, tell your friends about us, keep spreading the news. Um, if you haven't already done so, make sure that you like our Facebook page. That's brothers in law, B R U T H A S N L A W uh, on Facebook. Uh, we don't bite unless you say something racist. Uh, other than that, um, you know, definitely follow us. And if you have anybody, who is interested in possibly offering some sponsorships. I'm not saying that Hennessy is, you know, the prime ideal candidate for sponsorship. I'm just saying, I know they got it. So if you have anybody that works there that might be interested in sponsoring two black attorneys who are uh, trying to put out great content, definitely let us know. Reach out oh, to that oh, Facebook page. Get in contact. In Arizona. Uh, we just got the legalized weed. Um, so, um, you can contact us or you can meet me in the dispensary. I'm going to be in there by Friday, uh, afternoon. Um, and so, uh, we, we can, what we can talk about sponsorship there. You might not have to pay us any money. Uh, at least <laughs> so, uh, we'll, we'll work on that next time. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much. Everybody take care of yourselves. And then we're going to see you next time.